Welcome to Easter Sunday service, Sunday the 17th of April 2022. Trust that you are having a good Easter weekend, time to relax, spend time with family and friends, and just spending time contemplating the wonders of what God has done for us through His Son, Yeshua, the Anointed One. I'd like to start by reading the Apostle Paul's writing to the church at Philippi. And I'm going to be reading from Philippians. Philippians 3, and I take it from verse 7. Paul has just described how he was a Jew amongst Jews. That he surpassed all his peers in zeal for the Jewish faith. Anyway, things have changed in his life. And he comes to this place where he says, this is verse 7, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yes, indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Yeshua my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for this precious word that you've placed in our hands. We thank you for what we can celebrate on this Sunday, this Easter Sunday. Thank you for the risen Christ. May we learn more about this resurrection and what it means for us. And may we be enriched that we might be a greater blessing for your kingdom's sake. Amen. Praise God. Well, the phrase I'd like to just focus on, where Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul, a person who had, in a sense, had it all, from a worldly sense, obviously from an established family, well-educated, and in the society of his day, positioned to go right to the top. Who knows? His ambition might have been to be high priest one day. Anyway, Paul, as we know, met with the living Christ and his life was changed 180 degrees and he became the great exponent of the faith whose writings we rely on to a large extent very much today. But you see, in all of this, he came to this place that everything else for him was trash. The only thing he wanted to know was him and the power of his resurrection. Now you might have thought, well, he met him already, so surely he knew him. You see, this revelation of Christ in your and my life is an ongoing thing. It's a twofold blessing, because we've got to realize that there's knowing him and knowing the power of his resurrection. The two go together. 
It reminds me of Hebrews 11 verse 6, where it speaks of, without faith it's impossible to please God. He who comes to God must know him, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's a package deal is what I'm trying to say. You see, before we can know the power of the resurrection, we need to know him. And as Paul is explaining here, or should I say exposing here, it's an ongoing process. The preeminent apostle was still saying, I still need to know him. In other words, there was more of him that he needed to know. It's ongoing, you see. The full revelation, even though it had a personal encounter, was something much bigger than just that. And closely associated is the power that's associated with his resurrection. Remember, everything that Christ went through, from the cross to the resurrection, was for our benefit. He did it for us. Yes, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But he did it all for us. And you see, this message is about unlocking the power of his resurrection. Unlocking the power of his resurrection. Of course, it would take a million sermons to try and cover 1% of it. But today I'd like to take a different approach. I'd like to take it from a very, how shall I say, human practical angle. A few weeks ago in our church, some of you may recall, we gave an opportunity for everybody to just freely, as God led, as the Holy Spirit led, to bless other people. A kind word, a short prophecy, a prayer. Free for all, as it were. In the process, I angled for my son Timothy, and I just held him, and I just said, these words which God had placed in my heart. I don't think there is a father on this earth who could want a better son. And I'm so proud of you. Of course, being me, I got all choked up. But it was a beautiful moment. I just want to repeat that thought. I don't think there's another father, any father on this earth, who could want a better son. Well, that moment passed, and as it turned out, those words were more than prophetic. As you know, we went through a few difficulties here with my health, and both of us, Janet and I, were battling. In that position, you can't do really much for yourself. But Timothy stepped up to the plate in a wonderful way. He has a business of his own which keeps him very busy, but he dropped everything. He dropped everything and showed concern only for his father. He helped us get to the doctor, drove us into the hospital, negotiated with the hospital for admittance, somehow raised the necessary deposit, God knows how, but anyway, he did all of that. And there I was, on the hospital bed, and he'd pop in every now and then just to say, don't worry, don't worry, it's all under control. 
that was so comforting, I must say. I knew that the situation was in capable hands. And also, he looked after Janet so well. Stayed the night, a few nights, just to be there for her. Helped her through. Well, the other day I was just praying about this whole thing. And the thought that couldn't want a better son. God turned this thing around in my thinking. And I asked myself the question, Heavenly Father, have you got a son in me that you couldn't want better? Am I all that you would want in a son? And it set me thinking. You see, we're made in the image of God. And in many respects, we think like him and he thinks like us. And I started to reflect on what is it that makes a father happy with his son? What qualities does the son have to show for a father to rejoice in him? You see, and this taps into this whole understanding of the power of the resurrection. The power Christ made available to us through his sacrifice and glorious resurrection translates into being pleasing to the Father. How can you and I, in a practical way, be pleasing to the Father? Anyway, I started to think along these lines and drawing from my own experience, I came to a few conclusions. The first thing I realized that we very often allow religion to confuse our thinking. You see, the difference between us being pleased with our children is not very different from God being pleased with us, his children. But religion sometimes stands in the way and presents a whole list of do's and don'ts, laws. And you see, somehow we just get this idea that being pleasing to the Father means to perform at a certain level, to reach certain standards, which of course are impossible. Now, I need to say something at the outset. Relating to the Father is much more than that. There are rules, yes, very stringent rules actually, when it comes to holiness, and we need to abide by them. But you see, God's much more than a set of rules. And a father would not be pleased with his son if that son was put in a straitjacket, had to live by certain standards. Sad to say, this does happen in our society. We were talking about a friend of Tim's. Very sad story, actually. This young man who was at school with him had everything going for him. His father was a very high-placed executive in our nation's probably our biggest bank. They had a beautiful home in Brooklyn, massive farm down in the Free State. Everything, everything going for them. And yet, this young man went off the rails 
we don't know what's happened to him now, but he got involved with drugs, etc., etc. And Tim said he noticed about him that he was always trying to prove himself. Highly academic, highly intelligent, but always striving, striving to prove himself, striving to prove himself. And the assumption that I made is that if you strive to prove yourself all the time, it means you're not getting approval from your father because of the religious background that they came from. I know that religion and emotion is a very private thing and you don't share it. It's quite possible that his father never gave him a hug. Fathers, just as an aside right here, and mothers too, we need to tell our children on a regular basis that we are proud of them. Just for who they are, you see, just for who they are. And relieve them of this need to perform, this need to reach some sort of standard. Going back to our relationship with our Father, God isn't pleased when you and I strive to reach some imaginary standard of holiness. We should be holy from within. We should hate unrighteousness, just because that is our nature. But you see, that way of living, strict observance of rules and fasting for so many days and praying for so many hours and reading so many chapters and attending services and Bible studies religiously. It's not what he wants. It's not what he wants, you see. Well, what does he want? There's a few things that I realize. Bless me about my children, both of them. And I realize, bless the Father about us, his children. The one thing that really blesses me is when our children recognize their individuality, accept their personality, and live life the way they were made. Not conforming to some false image, but just rejoicing in their own personalities. You see, each one of us was made individually. Each one has our own personality, own characteristics, our own approach, our own everything. And God rejoices in that. God rejoices in that. Just think there's no snowflake that is the same. Not one of the millions and millions that have fallen on the earth. Not one fingerprint is the same. God rejoices in diversity. And when you and I recognize who we are, what our character is, and we rejoice in that, it brings such joy to his heart. It brings such joy to his heart. And you see, that means we are free. We are free to dress as we feel suits us. There's only one rule, of course, with dress code, and that is, it must not cause an offense to others. That means if you go to a conservative environment, that's not the time to wear your shorts and tackies. Respect the people that you're associating with. And also, ladies, when you dress 
feel free to express yourself. But just remember, it's not your job to put temptation in front of young men. They battle with things that you probably don't understand. So you see, within that parameter, you and I are free to dress as we feel like dressing. I love to wear my hat, as many of you know. I don't know why, but I just like to wear it. Maybe it's because I'm getting a little thin on the top. But anyway, that's me. That's me. And God rejoices in that. God rejoices in your and my individuality, as we would in our children, to see them being themselves and living life. The next thing that really blesses me about our children and I believe blesses God when he looks at us is when we take responsibility. We take responsibility for our lives. We make decisions for our lives and we go for it. We don't sit around waiting for handouts. We don't sit around begrudging the fact that, oh, this is wrong and that is wrong. And No, we don't do that. I'm blessed with two children that really, in their careers, have taken the bull by the horns and gone for it, irrespective of every opposition. And God looks on us and expects us to do the same. He's given us tremendous abilities. He's given us tremendous power. It's all available, you see. And when you and I sit around playing the victim, it doesn't bring him joy. It doesn't bring him joy. He loves it when we step out there and take on the world. And as we do so, he's right there beside us, cheering us on. The last aspect that I'd like to touch on, there are many, many more, of course. What really blesses me about my children is that they always, always, always have cared for others. God looks upon us and that blesses him. I can just remember one incident from Tim's life that really stands out in my mind. I was working here at the mall in the ice cream shop, as many of the kids in our church have done. And there was a competition in the mall for the best service, you see. And people who went to the mall had to fill in a form, and he did. And there was a prize, I think it was a thousand rand, for the employee in the mall who obtained the most credits, as it were. I think I've got this story straight. Anyway, in the event, Timothy won, and the money was his. Of course, for him, that was a lot of money then. still is a lot of money. But in this competition was another young girl, and she came second. And Tim, I don't know really why, other than the goodness of his heart, found it for just to give her the money. Well, she burst into tears. You see, the money for him was just a bonus, an added blessing, you see. But for her, 
She was hoping to pay for her family's electricity to make it possible. I see small acts of kindness like that in both our children. It blesses me. It blesses me. God is blessed, as we were talking about on Friday, when you and I don't live for ourselves. Anyway, I trust you've been blessed by these thoughts. Let's not get religious in our relationship with God and think that is any different from any earthly father, although, of course, he's vastly different. But realize that what blesses us in our children, and I could say the same for many of the children or young people in our church, what blesses us about them is what will bless him about us. Let's concentrate on that, contemplate that, and realize the great freedom which was made ours by not only the death, but the powerful resurrection of our Lord Yeshua, the Anointed One. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your thoughts this Easter Sunday. May we rejoice in our individuality. May we take responsibility for our lives. May we take, so to speak, the horns of this life with both hands. And yet in all of that, O oh Lord, may we continually, continually look out for the needs of others. We know, Lord, that if we do these things, living a righteous life before you, you will be blessed and in turn released to pour out your great blessing upon us, which we pray for in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen.